Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cocky Top Podcast, home of the SEC football show where forever to the Gamecock Brian Lowe and all the all Tyler McDaniel put their friendship to the test during a grueling football season, all while highlighting and fighting for their volunteers and Gamecocks, respectively, throughout their season, as well as our thoughts on other teams in the conference, as well as the league. So regardless if you're a volunteer or a Gamecock or somewhere in between, let's kick this thing off and talk some ball. All right, all you cock and balls, and welcome back to another episode of the Cocky Top Podcast. As always, I am forever to the Gamecock, Brian Lowe. And I'm all Tyler Mack. And we are bringing you our review of week six. Six. Six, six in this. Weeks the, in the season has gotten about halfway away from us at this point. Uh, of course, you know, we had the bye weeks this week, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe we... Pretty well kicked its ass. What about you? I think it was the best we played all year. All year. Uh, <laughs> before we get uh, too far into it, um, just again to a little quick recap, we are definitely looking forward to, as far as the Gamecocks, you know, just making sure that we get anybody that was previously not healthy, not ready to go, ready to go for this matchup, and then, of course, letting everybody get plenty of rest uh, mm-hmm. after this last game, of course, against the Volunteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then hopefully try to get some other stuff taken care of, get more solidified on the offensive line, and try to try to straighten up a little, yeah, a few things defensively uh, for us anyway. Try to up the O-line. That is definitely a, vol- uh, a thing that I hope we worked on in the Vols. Uh, maybe strengthening our secondary. Our secondary pr- did pretty decently against South Carolina. And having this extra weekend off this past weekend uh, I hope that they kind of rode that high and realized like oh, oh we can do it yeah, yeah yeah we might be a little weak but we can do it because I mean something that that I did not know was happening because I was not there again I had COVID so I had to watch the Tennessee South Carolina game from my couch which is a rarity if they're in Neyland for me well, any yeah. home game. Any home game. So, what I've heard from my older brother and dad is that when they were announcing the lineup and when he was, like, out on the field before the game even started, uh, number five that we talked about uh, last week, the, you know, the, the pick six happening to, couldn't happen to a better guy because he really needed Oh, for uh, Kamal Haddon. Our own student section and – Audience were booing him, this poor kid. Oh, yeah. Because he's had a bad, a rough season. But then if you go and look at the numbers, uh, his individual personal numbers for those first five games, it's really not that bad of a season. It's just like seeing it all play out, we expect, you know, every has to be broken up every you know all that stuff pick sixes left and right from our corners and our safeties when my older brother said that our own fans were booing him because the in a lot of tennessee vols minds he's had a rough season i was like well then he definitely probably was because he also put out a tweet uh after that south carolina game saying that you know that that just shouldn't be a thing that you're also fighting as a uh a football player at a college, the only struggle you should be having is against the opposite team. It should never be against your own fan base. 
Right. And that sucks. And, I and hate that's that one of him. the things that that really gets me about any kind of fan base. If you're gonna sit there and dog a player, like completely just dog a player mm-hmm. to that extent, then you shouldn't be a fan to begin with. No. You definitely shouldn't get to sit at home games if you're gonna do that. I mean, if if regardless of what fan base it is, I mean I'll say the same thing as far as Gamecocks fan base. If you're going to sit there and dog a, a, a teenager... Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, these are kids. Because of them, you know, their... I don't want to say lack of ability, but lack of production. Get your butt out there and try. Uh, it, it, yeah, and that's it. I mean, it's... Of course, this is something as being a spectator. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, someone who isn't actually in the middle of it. Send that all the way back to, to gladiatorial days. Oh, yeah. The, the people that were sitting in the in the stands, well, you, you know, know. Claudius didn't do as good as he – produce as good as he should have. And had it been me, you know, I'd have had that line t- taken care of in a matter of seconds. And, right. Well, Flavis, why don't you uh, why don't you sign up and and, ch- and try – oh, no, 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 no. I just uh, – I'm not an athlete. It probably – my gout's flared up. My not gout's to, flared not, up. Not to, not to throw anything, yeah, yeah. any shade or anything <laughs> no your way, but um, I can't. My, my, my oh, age. God, if I, if I could. You my know, ailments are acting up. I got Tommy's Jonas. Uh, right, because they up. couldn't call it. <laughs> it wouldn't have been known as yeah. far as those things. <laughs> my spirits aren't acting right. <laughs> the gods have not taken pity on me yeah, this week. Yeah, yeah. I got farming to do. I just can't. But God, I, just, I got I some just, farming to do. I just, I just, he could do, he could do so much better. Like he should be, he should be killing three lines in a day. But it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's a it's tale all this time. Yeah. Uh, and of course, becoming even far worse uh, once people had the opportunity to sit behind a keyboard mm-hmm. and be able to do the same thing. Because, I mean, a nine point nine times out of ten, you're never gonna see the person that's on the other end mm-hmm. and even if you do even if they do post a photo or something like that more than likely it's not even them mm-hmm. or they're hiding behind an anonymity mm-hmm. uh, by not showing that type of stuff and and the people that whenever you try to hold a intelligent banter or intelligent argument or conversation and this is one of those sayings as old as time. As soon as they start attacking personally, as opposed to situationally like or, or the, the subject, then then they're one hundred percent. They they've lost. they've lost at yeah. that point in time. They've lost because they don't have anything else to go to. And I remember an instance last year. Mm-hmm. I had someone, uh, uh, Roll Tide Alabama fan. Mm-hmm. Got to a, <clears throat> excuse me. Got to a point in arguing with me that they started having to take personal shots at my wife and stuff like that. They actually had to go like searching through my profile yeah. to find stuff to start taking personal shots. Uh, See, so immediately I'd have been and like, "Well, you've lost." But they don't. They, they don't, don't see it. it. No, they don't see it. it that way. But yeah, I, that's just one thing I wanted to talk about. Is like a, when I found that out, I was like. It's That's it's sad. sad. It's it really is. Sad. It's very sad. So luckily, our boys didn't just get some some 
time off from the the intensity of the game. They got some time off from their own fan base. Right. <laughs> a nice little break. Uh, Which, but, I mean, I, I, it's it's sad and it sucks to say that mm-hmm. sometimes you have to get away from your own fans because they have a, a, a suck, degree of toxicity. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, but let's get into some games. It was uh, a rather uh, interesting let's. season. Uh, it's uh, been an six, interesting season, and, interesting and week season six was definitely six a, was, uh, a very interesting one. Yes, uh, just it was. a couple to point out before we get into the meat and potatoes that is the SEC. Miami. Miami going Oof. down to Georgia Tech in the last minute. There were less than 60 ticks on the clock. I Whenever Miami, instead a... of kneeling the ball, instead of Cristobal, instead of just kneeling, taking the victory formation, wants to try to pad stats. And I mean, albeit they didn't go as far as Bonehead, as far as to try to throw something, mm. they were at least just trying to run it to run out some more clock or to potentially hit another, you know, touchdown. Mm-hmm. But these are the reasons the games are played on Saturdays with people instead of on paper. Because mm-hmm. Georgia Tech, in that last minute, after recovering a fumble by Miami, is able to drive 75, 76 yards down the field and score a walk-off touchdown to to, beat to hand the Miami. Hurricanes. Yeah, uh, and then what was it? The uh, Red River Shootout or the mm-hmm. Red River Rivalry, Texas and Oklahoma, coming down to a four-point difference, thirty-four to thirty in that one, and it was in the waning minutes of the game for that one to happen. So, I'm I'm curious to see how many more of those we're going to have this year. Um, and a funny thing that I read before we come up here and started uh, mm. to before we started recording is uh, Texas is not back, and Louisville is the new TCU. For this year, um, yeah. After Louisville handing uh, Notre Dame, yeah, a loss, and this one again in the waning minutes of the game, being able to come back and drive down and get the win. I, I would love to say, or hope, I hope with all hope, with my in my heart of hearts, I hope that I have or get to experience a South Carolina game this year. That that's exciting. Of course, that the Gamecocks do win. Um, and if I had to to put a game on it that I would hope that it would happen in, because we had that happen last year mm-hmm. with uh, Clemson, it wasn't until late in the game. There was actually like seven or eight minutes left in the game whenever South Carolina took the lead, and then, of course, it was just defensive battle from there mm-hmm. on out uh, to yeah, be able to get to the end of the game. But dropped, uh, Notre Dame dropped a 21 yeah, and they Miami's were what ten? Twenty-five now. Yeah. Yeah, hey, I haven't even looked at what the Kansas new top dropped twenty-five to 23. is. Jeez. But then you've got several teams like North Carolina. If we're just sticking Creep, with ACC right now, that's one that has been slowly Ooh. and progressively, methodically. I'm going to go ahead and say methodically, they have been climbing up the ranks. And it's so slow and methodic and silent that nobody's really nobody's saying really anything about it. To it. Yeah, I, I, North Carolina versus Florida State for the for the, for the ACC, ACC championship. championship. Yeah, I so mean, I mean I'm going ahead and saying right now that's what it's looking like. But if Louisville wins out, what's going to happen there? 
I mean, what's what's going to be? Because I mean, yeah. they don't. None of them play each other. Right now, they're all three unbeaten. Yeah, all three of those teams are undefeated, and it could only be and an East-West. Yeah, you can't do a a playoff like a one an internal place playoff. Play. Yeah, yeah, you can't do an internal playoff amongst the three. So I mean, what's what's going to be the the deciding factor as to why? North Carolina or Louisville would be selected over, or why, you know, North Carolina should be selected over Louisville or vice versa. I don't know how the breakdown for the divisions is in in the ACC. Because our top four right now, if we were to go to the playoffs right now, would be Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Florida State. Yeah. Two Big Tens, one SEC and one ACC. With Oklahoma and... Penn State playing the, the five and six game. Right, which one could potentially jump ahead or if you were to look at it, would the 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 committee, the playoff committee, because it used to be the yeah. BCS uh, uh, committee for deciding who's going to the, the national championship now that there's actually a playoff, who's going into those spots and because we still have eleven of the top twenty-five and undefeated. If you look, if you look at what Georgia has done so far this year, the only reason they're still at number one is just because until you beat the number one, you're going to stay at number, or until yeah. you are beaten as number one, you're going to stay at number yeah. one. And of course, we thought Kentucky was going to have their number this week. It was going to be their best <laughs> competition. They they we put up a better fight against Georgia than yes. what Kentucky did. Yes. And I don't, I don't know if that's just because it was the third game of the season, or, or. Well, I think we're seeing Georgia start to. They're using every game to grow, it's, and what's it's weird to say that about Georgia. It is, uh, especially considering they're usually well ahead of that, mm-hmm. uh, not really falling into that mantra or that that process. Before time gets away from us too much, let's go ahead and get into some of these games. We are mm-hmm. going to start over in the West. Uh, and since we have been talking about the perennial powerhouses that are Georgia, Alabama, stuff like that, let's go ahead and start with the Alabama-Texas A&M game. Alabama goes into A&M, Whew. of course, as a favorite, uh, but it was a very minimal favorite. I mm-hmm. think that one was only a one-point. 26-20. Yeah, it wound up being 26-20 as the final. Uh, A&M is, is well out of the top 25. Yeah, Bama I... Bama's sitting at number 11 now. They're definitely not going to be doing anything to compete Mm-mm. for the SEC West at this point in any mm. capacity. However, they can definitely play spoiler to a lot of other people in, mm-hmm. in other... Uh, uh, Venues or, or, or whatever the case may be, like they're just they're just they're gonna be here to and playing to to spoil it for everybody else. Yeah, yeah, that's basically where they're at now. Is like let's play spoiler and maybe make a ball game if we can. It's pretty much where A and standing. Yeah, uh, Alabama with their one loss, that one loss being to Texas, so it wasn't a conference loss, so that really doesn't yeah. affect anything in conference status. So they are leading the SEC West currently. Uh, A&M is 4-2 and two overall with the loss to Miami. Uh, early to, or Florida State. Florida they lost State. to Florida State. Yeah. Um, 
and then of course two and one in conference right now so with just that being the first conference loss I mean there is a possibility but it is drastically reduced um, trying to go back and look at what the uh, it was two and a half two and a half points was the line Alabama so favored by two and a half they didn't even get that and they beat the over under total by one point that's what you were talking about because the over-under for this game was 45 and it wound up being 46. So Vegas got that part right and wasn't too far off with Alabama being favored. Yeah. Um, I guess the main thing that you can say about this is the fact that Alabama was able to go into hostile territory mm-hmm. uh, and still come out of there with a victory. Yeah, uh, I still think it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see Alabama um, – because we still have to go down to Tuscaloosa. Bama still has to face Georgia, don't they? I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's there's just still not so an easy many road. things can still happen. Bama's got a hard road ahead of them to keep that number one in the West spot. Oh, for sure. I mean, especially with the likes of Ole Miss, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for Arkansas. And we'll go ahead and jump into this yeah, one. Yeah. Um, Arkansas sitting at two and four on the season, zero and three in SEC. So at this point, I mean, there's really no, no way that they're no. going to be able to do anything as far as an SEC championship in no. this case. Uh, but of course, still have the opportunity to make a decent bowl game. I, I thought we were doing bad, but to look up and see Arkansas sitting at two and four, and it's just because they played one more game with it being our bye week yeah. this week. They just haven't hit it yet uh, as far as the Gamecocks because they're sitting currently at 2-3 and 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 0-2 in conference play. It's like South Carolina is the same way. Um, All we're doing now for conference play is just playing spoiler to someone else. To get a bowl game. And to, of course, get a bowl game. Um, Even at this point, if we were to win out entirely for the rest of the season, it would all depend, of course, on what Florida does, what Tennessee does, Mm -hmm. what Mizzou does, and stuff like that moving forward um, to even be in the upper tier of the East yeah. at this point. So, um, But Arkansas travels to Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss was favored by 13 points. They won by 7. The mm-hmm. over-under on this game sitting at 61.5. They scored a total of 47 points. Uh, quite a bit off the mark for this one. Uh, time of possession, the Hogs had the ball more than the Rebs, but still, of course, yeah. managed to lose. Uh, they were minus two in turnovers, which is one of the main things that did play into that factor. Uh, 286 total yards three hundred forty for Arkansas, 349 total yards for Ole Miss. Um, this is one that I think we had both picked Arkansas, or at least I picked Arkansas anyway. Yeah. Yeah, we both did that uh, for this one. And unfortunately, we yeah. did not hit on this one. Uh, I did say Alabama over mm-hmm. uh, A&M. Yeah. I think you did too. Yeah. Uh, I think we both learned our lesson as far as don't bet most of Bama. the time, don't bet against Bama. Uh, there will be a few of those to where that will go a different way. But in this instance, that is definitely not the case. Um, the last pure... I can't say purely West uh, because this was a non-con. And that was Mississippi State taking on Western Michigan. 
Um, Mississippi State sitting uh, three and three on the year so far, so they're at the uh, 500 average. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, going up against Western Michigan, who at the time, um, well, at the time they would have been Mississippi State would have been two and three going up against Western Michigan, who was at one and or um, two and three. And then, of course, Mississippi State getting yeah. the victory, making them three and three in Western Michigan at two and four. Uh, final score on that one, 41 to 28. Uh, the lesser talent Mississippi State was actually able to get a few more things done. Uh, but all in all, I honestly think it should have been an even higher score, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, just because of the quality and caliber of of athletes that the SEC just generally tends to have in comparison to other conferences and divisions. Uh, and this being Western Michigan, this is dropping into uh, FCS mm. and stuff like that. So, um, it, I, I, yeah, it should have been quite a bit more than what it actually was. And, and looking at some of the highlights, um, you know, we've discussed this in the past, um, featured players for the game are more from Western Michigan than they were for Mississippi yeah. State. Um, yeah. Quarterback, receiver, uh, 12 catches, Womack for Western Michigan, 12 catches, 113 yards. Their quarterback, Wolf, 262 yards, three touchdowns and one interception. And then the Mississippi State running back, Davis, 10 carries for only 65 yards and a touchdown. So, I mean, it – it wound up falling on Will Rogers' shoulders, and he was able to get it done. Um, the running game really wasn't there, but like I say, it just it just seemed like it should have been so much more. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily more points scored by Mississippi State, but holding Western Michigan to fewer points. Yeah. Uh, moving forward, getting into the cross division, which of course this week's cross division saw. LSU traveled to Columbia, Missouri to take on the Tigers. It was a full-on Tiger battle, a cat fight, however you want to label it. They're in Mizzou, uh, and we both thought Mizzou had the the chops. It looked like they had anything and everything that they needed going into that game to be able to take home the dub, but unfortunately LSU – Still the better team. Still the better team in this instance, and it was the turnovers or the capitalization of turnovers mm-hmm. um, that wound up getting this one, and it was the the pick six uh, that sealed LSU's comeback because Mizzou had them dead to rights, and and late effort by LSU there in the fourth quarter, uh, scoring 22 points to seven in that fourth quarter. Man, it, it was it was a heartbreaker uh, for the for the Mizzou faithful and for the people who were rooting for Mizzou to to take down uh, LSU. But of course, now Mizzou sitting one and one in SEC play, LSU three and one in SEC play. Um, and Missouri no longer undefeated. And Mizzou, of course, no longer undefeated in this instance. However, Brady Cook and Luther Burden going off yet again. Cook, 411 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. I mean, the INT's not that great, but, I mean, still throwing for over 400 yards. 149 of those on 11 catches going to their star wide receiver, Mm -hmm. Luther Burden. 
looking forward, um, definitely hoping that the Gamecocks can get a game plan together because after this bye week, we've got Florida at home, and then we've got two road games going to Mizzou and then to Texas A&M before we come back home for the final, what would be home stretch of four games to end out the season taking on um, Vanderbilt, Jacksonville State, Kentucky, and then Clemson. Uh, Yeah, something needs to get figured out before we head up that way. Um, Still some potential, though, for some upsets because uh, if I remember correctly, this is what your fan base calls October. It is October, after all. I mean, we had week one of October off. There's history of... But there this is, is when they dig is, in and shock some people. It, it has been known to happen that way. And thank you for the reminder because I, I had so. actually kind of forgotten that it was it was definitely Cocktober. And, and I'm sure that we'll hear about it. Hope you upset the Gators. I was going to say <laughs> if and when. Uh, I don't want to say when, fully when. Yeah. I'll say yes. if and when. Um, just because you know as well as I do, especially on that defensive front, there's some big dudes on that Florida defense. There are. Not to mention you also have uh, uh, Pearsall, mm-hmm. the receiver for Florida, that's been doing some insane stuff. And, well, I mean, we're just leading right into some of this yeah. stuff. I mean, it's 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 flowing rather naturally. Uh, Vanderbilt travels to the swamp. Poor Vanderbilt. Good Vanderbilt. They win their first two. And it has just been loss after loss afterwards. Now sitting two and five on the year, zero and three in SEC play, uh, dropping their third one. Four conference play to Florida. Final score in that one, thirty-eight to fourteen. But as anyone knows, it is it is super difficult to go to the swamp and play, Very. regardless of how well your team is doing prior to or anything like that. And I'm hoping that the the Gamecock faithful can get Williams, Bryce rocking and rolling, and provide something that they're not used to. Yes, something that they're going to have to deal with because a lot of these bigger wins for some of these teams. And I'm going to go ahead and lump Georgia into this one because of this last weekend. Mm-hmm. In the fact that home field definitely has more of an advantage than what most people will give a team. Yeah. Most teams. However, I mean, there are some outliers that home ad- home field advantage doesn't mean a hill of beans. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want to – I'm n- no, I am not going to make any more jokes on Vanderbilt's behalf just because you of the streak that him. South Carolina has, and we <laughs> still have to play them this year, and they're due. So I don't want to put out any kind of, of juju bulletin board <laughs> material or anything like that because, of course – Anybody that loses to Vanderbilt at any point in time becomes the laughing stock of whatever for a, a decent period of time. Uh, however, fun fact about this game, uh, in Vanderbilt fashion, uh, Matthew Hayball, the punter for Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. has solidified a, a record. I saw this. I saw this. He is now the only player in NCAA football that encompasses all football in the college college world to pass 11,000 yards in punting 
Let's do some math real quick. 11,000 yards as a punter. You're the MVP <laughs> of your team. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. So we're just going to say 11,000. 11,000. All right. And he's a senior this year, I'm assuming. Yes. Yes. Okay, so they are seven games in. They've yes. already played majority of their season. Yes. Eleven games in, or seven games in, and it'd be, all right, 12 games per year, 12, 24, 36, and another seven, 43? Yes. 43 games. 43 games. So 11,000 divided by 43. Jesus. You're averaging what a game. <laughs> 255.81 yards <laughs> per game. Punting. Punting. This is insane. I, I have yet to hear. Retire that jersey, we, baby. <laughs> yes, that one needs to, after all the construction is done on the upgrades for Vanderbilt Stadium and everything else, one of the things that they absolutely need to do is retire this guy's jersey <laughs> Yet I don't think has won the Ray Guy Award at any point no. in time. No, he's not. Which is which is very egregious. He doesn't, he doesn't win it this year on their part. It's abs. It's, it's astronomical that he he, he has I, to win it this year. I will go ahead and say because Kai Kroger has won a couple of punting mm-hmm. awards, albeit he has not won the Ray Guy Award. Mm-hmm. I I am going to go ahead and probably put words into Kroger's mouth in saying that with the accolades that this guy has this built man. up. Over the course of his four years, 255 <laughs> yards. Again. Might as well just go ahead and say 256 yards. Rounding again. up a game. Punting. Punting. Not kicking, punting. D- Off the hand. D- 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 no the longer foot. the Ray Guy Award. <laughs> yeah, it's the Hayball Award. It's the Hay- <laughs> Yes. The Hay- re- Hayball rename the award. The Matthew Hayball Award. Rename the award. Solidify his legacy somewhere in the stadium, and Did let him come back and all, be the all, special teams coach. Yes, <laughs> not congratulations. Seriously, yeah, congratulations. I mean, That's not insane. not trying to throw any kind of shade or anything That's like an that. Insane but amount of yards. The the number of times this guy has flipped the field. I mean, albeit it, it wasn't it was for naught. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and this but, game, it definitely was. But still, was. Uh, kudos, man. Good for uh, you. I don't even have anything else. I mean, yeah, Florida won, but Florida that's won, the but that's an accolade. That's brother. got to be the thing for the story this entire out of the game. game is, yeah. is the fact that this man has has solidified himself as the punter of the decade. The punter <laughs> of the, well, history. In history, yeah. eleven thousand yards, and your season's not over. No. He still has five more games just start, to... Just start ticking that, adding ticks to it at this point. Yeah, he's got five more games to be able to add more yardage to it. And who who would even potentially come anywhere close? How how long, how many years would we oh, have to yeah. go before someone even got remotely close to well, that Well, none of these teams, like this year's the most that Tennessee's punted in three years. So I know Tennessee is... They're a team that won't get close to it. You've, you've got to find other teams that constantly have to punt. Right, and that that's the thing is you have to have a team that usually sits down near the bottom of their division, mm-hmm. conference, whatever the case may be, 
to be able to find someone like that, you have to 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 find the bottom of not the so great team. <laughs> yes, to be so able to do that. Teams. I will say this, and not to to give away the farm on what our preview next preview mm-hmm. show would be, but do you know who they play next? Who Vandy plays? Yeah. Do they play Georgia? <laughs> they do play oh, Georgia no. next. <laughs> I didn't look to see where that game was being played at, though. <laughs> but the way history has been going thus far this year, it would probably be a home game for Georgia. I'm going to go ahead and cheat a little bit and look ahead to week seven just to see where it is. They are traveling to Tennessee. Oh, Georgia no. is coming Georgia's up to the to construction Nashville, site. Baby. Uh, they are currently favored by 31.5 points mm-hmm. with the over-under for that game sitting currently at 57 points i'm not even gonna speculate yeah i'm not even gonna speculate at this nope. point <laughs> let's just get back to week six and, and, <laughs> back and to the week reviews six. so yes yeah, sadly florida did win that game i picked vandy because i wanted an upset um, i think i picked florida just because yeah. it was yeah eh. um but yeah moving on uh that brings us to what would be the last conference game this week mm. and that would be of course number 20 kentucky going to Number one, Georgia in Athens. With the way Kentucky had been playing, uh, especially after the previous week with Ray Davis having over 300 yards, the Georgia defense limited him to 59 yards. They did what? He didn't even hit a third of what he hit. They did what they had to do. The week before against Florida, Mm. who has those massive defensive bodies on Mm -hmm. that line. Which, I mean, gives me a little bit of hope for the, the weekend coming up, for the, the Florida coming to South Carolina. Yeah. Especially if Super Mario can do what he did mm-hmm. uh, against Tennessee a little bit later there in the in the game this last weekend or the weekend before in Knoxville. But, man, 51-13. Uh, to 13. I had n- I wouldn't have called this. No way. No way was I thinking that this was going to be that big of a blowout. Especially with the way that South Carolina played Georgia and kept it within a 10-point game. And Auburn played Georgia. Auburn played Georgia so close. And we hadn't heard anything about, of course, South Carolina's, you know, scraping down there, hanging out with Vandy. I and, wouldn't have called this score. And yeah, I would have uh, said if Georgia's going to win, uh, I know I chose an upset to happen. I chose the Cats to upset Georgia. I did uh, too. And I think I said like it'll be in the final minutes, like it'll be like a pick six or something, something or to seal the game, something or, to seal or the whatever game. would be the case. Um, Fifty-one to thirteen, walk-off field goal or something like that. But I would not have had picked Georgia to shut down Kentucky. One. Touchdown for Kentucky the entire game. And that was in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. In the third quarter, they kicked two field goals. That was the score. Georgia in the first quarter, two touchdowns. Second quarter, two touchdowns, two field goals. Third quarter, touchdown and a field goal. Fourth quarter, touchdown. 14, 20, 10, and 7 to Kentucky's 0 7 6 0. That I would say Georgia came out of the that's gate Georgia. and just that's yeah. that's number one Georgia. Yeah, that, that's that's the team. That's yeah. the team. That's the one. Yeah. And and in looking at this, because of course the main weapon 
now that that people are starting to ease up on Carson Beck. Mm-hmm. Um, 389 yards, four touchdowns, one interception for the entire game. Brock Bowers, the the machine that is Brock Bowers, mm. seven catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown. But I found this interesting. <laughs> Do you want to know who the the tight end behind Brock Bowers is? Who? Cade Brock. 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 Brock, the Brock, Brock. Yeah, but uh, Brock Bowers and then Cade Brock, and then now they've got this guy that who was uh, um, at one point in time it came down to South Carolina and Georgia mm-hmm. for this player, um, and I'm kind of wondering if he's not necessarily regretting his decision at this point, um, but the fact that Brock Bowers is a sophomore, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. so he's got potentially two more years plus what would be the COVID year if he wanted to to be able to continue to go on but honestly by the end of the season I would say if he wanted to he could go ahead and declare draft eligible oh he could right and now. he would get picked up in the first round yeah uh, but Oscar Delt sitting third down on the depth chart you know how long is it going to be before he actually gets to play the and if if that's the case if he if Bowers does stay in what what's going to happen to Delp in this in this instance? Who is a five star tight end or four star? I can't remember. But anyway, I mean, he's, he doesn't he's play all year, rated up there. But if he's not playing at any point in time, in two years, he hardly has seen the field. So I mean, it's like the back to Brock connection is just as deadly. We have noticed uh, as the. The tag team in Missouri. Oh, with back to Brock uh, Brady is, Cook and uh, Luther Bird. Yeah, uh, yeah. The back to Brock is another one that. Uh, oh, what turned Tennessee into the tail end of last year was yeah. was Rattler to Wells, mm-hmm. uh, um, Hooker, uh, to, Hooker Hyatt. to Hyatt. Yeah. I mean, and, and hopefully these are, you know, we we've still got Georgia and Missouri left. Hopefully these are two tag teams that our defensive coordinator is watching and working on in practice. Oh, for like, sure. we got to shut this down. There's, Make them go to other players. There's elements of all of this stuff that that a majority of fans don't know, don't realize, mm-hmm. don't pay attention to, sometimes may even downright just don't care mm-hmm. because it's not really at the forefront and that you've got analysts and staff members that are doing not like their entire job and they're getting paid you know probably a hundred thousand dollars a year if you look at it in 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 perspective to to what a a head coach and assistant coaches and stuff like that are making and if not a hundred thousand if not six figures they're definitely in high five figures Mm -hmm. you know 75 plus thousand a year just to sit there for 12 weeks watching other teams play football just to be able to to provide information to the people above them to formulate a game plan for that particular week. Georgia was favored 14 and a half. My over-under was 47. Yeah, and they won 51 to 13. (laughs) They they blew the the spread out of the water. And then the over-under, what was it? Was forty seven. Was forty seven. Mm-hmm. 
and it wound up being 64. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Georgia just, just like you said, that, that's that, 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 that's, that's, that's the, the Georgia. Yeah. That's the team that's searching a, a three-peat. Um, and I just think it's crazy that, that it was the, the damn six game of the year that they decided to do it and against the one team that we said, oh, that'll be the – That'll be the tougher one. Yeah, that'll, that'll be, be the, the tougher one. Not even thinking about what Mizzou could potentially do Just because like I still look said, at Mizzou as a lesser team than Kentucky, and I don't yeah. really think that high of Kentucky. But as a Gamecock, I mean, I might as well start, you know. I shouldn't now start. I mean, it should have been a thing a long-ass time ago. Mm. And the fact that you can't overlook some of these teams, but then does it matter <laughs> because you've got number one Georgia sitting there at 6-0, 3-0 and in conference now. I mean, it's going to take a full-on miracle for them to get knocked out of that spot at this point. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, they may drop out of what the 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 number one spot would be, but they're definitely not going to drop out of the top four. Not Even if they do loss. lose. Not with just one loss. I, mm, if they lost to Vanderbilt this weekend, that would yes. drop them out of that because yes. then people would be like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what fluke it was. God himself, like, flittered down to the field and pointed his hand over at Vanderbilt and said, you are victorious. Your time has come. And and that would be the explanation. They'd yeah. be like, well, I mean, God said so. I Any mean, given so, Saturday. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, we can't fault Georgia. No. I mean, they would have still been the same Georgia, but God was like, hey. So, I mean. Give one to the doors. This portion of the Cocky Top Podcast is brought to you by the Gatlinburg Brewing Company. With 16 craft beers on tap and brick fire oven craft pizzas, GBC is the place to be in Sevier County. Gatlinburg Brewing Company has two locations to visit, one on the strip of Gatlinburg, and one at 870 Winfield Dunn Parkway beside Tennessee Legend Distillery. When you stop in, tell them you heard about them on the Cocky Top Podcast from Legend Studios. Enjoy, and cheers to you, Legends. If you're enjoying the Cocky Top Podcast with Brian and Tyler, then you will also enjoy other Legend Studios productions. Check out Between Two Barrels with Brian and Opie and the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with Josh and Tyler. If you enjoy those and want to know more about Legend Studios, find us on Legend Studios in Instagram and Facebook. Enjoy the rest of the show. Outside, with a couple of exceptions, I mean... Within the SEC, there wasn't a lot of surprise. No. Um, the main one, of course, being the Georgia-Kentucky. Uh, while I didn't, I didn't think that it would be a blowout win by Kentucky by any means or any stretch of the imagination, I didn't think that they were going to get blown out as bad as they did. Mm. And, and I don't know because it, with the way it looks, I mean – Almost 400 yards and four touchdowns through the air. The secondary wasn't doing anything. Yeah. For for Kentucky, they weren't doing them any favors. And then the Georgia defensive front seven was able to hold 
a 300-yard game running back from the previous week to under 60 yards. And uh, in that game, I believe, uh, Brock Bowers passed A.J. Green's record. He did. He wound up passing A.J. Green's record for For touchdowns. I'm not sure if that's just a... a, 24th touchdown? Yeah. Uh, And I don't know if he's like the number one. I don't know. I don't think AJ Green was, was number, one. number one. No, but he has passed AJ Green yeah. on the list, and there's and not just, too many people and ahead of him on that we're list. Barely halfway so, through the season, so I look for Brock to be the no. That was his 24th career, career receiving touchdown. Receiving touchdown. So I would, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if before the end of the season, Brock is is the new if not number, number one, one. Yeah, number two. Um, I did catch a, a uh, short audio clip, something that Mark Stoops said during his post-game presser whenever he's asked about Brock Bowers, mm-hmm. and he's like, dude's a freak, and I mean that in like a, a way professional possible. and kindest way possible. <laughs> Dude is an absolute freak. I was working out in Arizona whenever Gronk was there, and this guy puts Gronk to shame. So, whenever it comes around time for him to be drafted, I hope Dallas we, or Vegas has got and the we, on him. And we and we go into you know the the following season mm-hmm. after that year's draft. That is going to be the rookie to go for. Um, in your fantasy, in anybody's fantasy. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, Travis Kelsey's been in the league now for what eight years? Yeah. So I mean, he's. While he's not as as close to to being done with it as like running backs would be, mm-hmm. and he doesn't have as many years as most of your wide receivers do, mm-hmm. I mean because the 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 longevity of players in in the NFL, your longest tenured players, and and Tom Brady set the precedence for this, is the QB, mm-hmm. uh, followed by wide receivers, mm-hmm. tight ends, linemen, running backs, and Witten was. Probably the longest running tight end. Oh, for sure. Of, of without a, a few doubt. decades, because that position is just. And there are going to be some some standouts, some, some outliers, outliers yeah. and stuff like that. But overall, I mean, just because of the amount of physical wear and tear that your body goes through, quarterbacks generally not as yeah. much because you've got the line protecting you and stuff like that. Oh, and rules get so much more. Yeah. Every year, the quarterback gets new right. rules to protect. Whenever them. I tackle you now i'm gonna have to like basically pick you up give you a little rock put a pillow mm-hmm. down lay you down gently otherwise it's gonna be roughing the passer you have to apologize for tackling him now uh you can game. thank aaron Rodgers for that one yeah uh our combination cam newton and aaron Rodgers, <laughs> even though yeah. neither one of them are playing anymore yeah. right now <laughs> um but the the just the wear and tear. I mean, the the quarterbacks has the least, and then your mm-hmm. wide receivers. I mean, yeah, they're gonna have wear and tear. It'll be like you know joints, knees, yeah. hips, stuff like that. But they're not taking as much punishment mm-hmm. as tight ends because tight ends are getting in on the blocks and everything and else. Both sides of the ball sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, your linemen are taking a, a decent amount of punishment, but for the most part, they're literally just hands-on to whoever it is that's across from them, and they're just trying to push each other one direction or the other to get 
people away from or mm. for them to get to the quarterback. So a lot of times they stay upright unless they trip over somebody, whatever, and fall down. The pancakes happen, stuff like that. Uh, flatbacks, what have you. But they're also really big guys. Yes. I mean, you know, you're looking at your average, you know, offensive lineman is six five or taller and weighs at least 300 pounds or more. So these are our physical specimens, oh, yeah. if you will, who, who, if they play that position, they have been used to this type of stuff for quite some time, and their body has acclimated to it. And I don't care who you are it, or, or whatever. If, if I find out you've played offensive line, especially anytime collegiate or professionally, I'm not messing with no. you in any capacity because I know how tough of an SOB you are in that capacity. Absolutely. Just because of the stuff that you've had to put up with, and nobody deals with as much punishment as a running back. That's why it's the shortest mm-hmm. career career of any position on the football field at any level. Mm-hmm. Just because they – Anytime the ball goes in their hands, unless they break it off for a touchdown, they're getting popped. And I mean popped. So, and and not to mention, you're having to try to do a majority of the cuts and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. A lot of your non-contact injuries, ACLs, Achilles, Uh, MCLs, stuff like that. That's usually all running backs. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's... Crazy game. Crazy game. Crazy game. Crazy game. Um, without getting too much into it, because we don't want to take away from from what would be next week's uh, oh, and, uh, or, or our later yeah, so preview episode for this coming week. Forgot about the fact that Coach Prime had to kick a field goal to win the game at the last minute. Oh yeah, Colorado had to kick a walk off field goal to win the game. To win the game, and and that's just. How much have you been listening to Late Kick? Have you really listened to it any this year? Not much this year. Okay. Because I've been listening to Locked on Balls so much. Pate Pate has has monikered the Dion tax. (laughs) The Dion tax that we are having to deal with as non-casuals of football. Uh Uh-huh. Is the fact that you now have all these casuals that come in and all these casuals have an opinion. Yes. And people being able to sit behind keyboards, computer monitors, cell phones, whatever the case may be, are are stirring the proverbial pot way more than any regular fan of any of these teams would. And it's all because someone with that high of a profile is now coaching in a limelight in a power five in a tenured program yes and we're all having to deal with all these people that was the precursor to taylor swift dating travis kelsey just because now you've got all these people who have not paid attention to a lick of anything football just mm. because that they're potentially an item or whatever the case may be, that you've got so many more eyes on the sport of football 
Have you noticed? And have you noticed on X, Twitter, whatever, that there are Swifties mm-hmm. that are voicing their concerns of artificial turf on football fields? Interesting. Yes, Swifties are uniting because to, to be able to take care of 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 grandmother Taylor, of her boy, of her boy. Yeah. They are uniting and and making their their concerns and worries known about artificial turf on football fields, and and how how harmful it can be. Which I mean, we've known this for for yeah. years. We'll take the help wherever I we mean, can get it. I guess <laughs> just the fact of uh, it's it's now a di- it's it's the Dion tax. You've got all these people who would normally not be anywhere in and around this bubble. Yeah. And now they're like, yeah, let us into the bubble and 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 I'll be I'll be the first to say like, and I, all these people have have opinions on I don't on all this. Have an issue with them dating or like if they are cool if they're not whatever cool, I mean whatever. Uh, the problem I have with it is, and I'm sure it's the same as mine. It's like why is it a big deal? Oh no, that that's not mine. Have you watched any of the? Uh, did you watch the game that she was at? Yeah, they they only showed her. Yeah, like any time they times. were cutting, it was just going to her and her reactions and everything else and the thing. My other I'm thing, like, I'm watching the NFL broadcast the of the I game. I'm not watching this to watch what Taylor Swift's reaction to the game is. I want to watch the game. I'll be the first to also disagree with homeboy from Pardon My Take this past week. She doesn't need Travis Kelsey. No, for the God, NFL. no. No, not in any capacity. None whatsoever. <laughs> Does the, she need the, this, this? is Okay. Um, his sales I can't, increased 400% after that game. His yes, jersey sales. His jersey sales did. And the first time that it wound up putting his jersey sales above Jason Kelsey's, mm-hmm. who is actually the number one most women's jerseys sold mm-hmm. in the entire NFL. So, but she doesn't need it. No, 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 no. God, no. Um... I have seen all of the videos of the wives, the girlfriends, those people <laughs> posting the videos, telling their husbands, their boyfriends, whatever. Um, oh, it's really nice that uh, Taylor Swift put Travis Kelsey on the map. And then the husband's like, this is a five-time Pro Bowler. <laughs> this is the two-time Super Bowl champion winning five Pro Bowls, whatever, Travis Kelsey. Taylor Swift did not put I him on the map. I saw a picture of uh, um, Brittany Mahomes sitting there all upset. Like, it, you could just tell it was like it was taken at the right time. She was like looking down at something, and she just she didn't look upset. She's oh like, yeah, taken at the right time. Now it's past, a still caught from a, a video or whatever. From a video where she's like looking down and she looks sad. And it's like I miss when they were just talking about me. <laughs> uh, we're not talking about Britney anymore. But but you you know the um, the uh, cap cut or the the yes. stitch with um, name two clips that give off the same energy. Mm-hmm. And my wife showed me this one the other day. That's that uh, the husband wife or the wife said, "Oh, Taylor Swift has put Travis Kelsey on the map," and he starts listing off all these things. And then it cuts to, so you're telling me I'm wrong? You're going to sit there and tell me I'm wrong? She came bro? down. She Her wore sister. a crown and she came down in a bubble. Her sister, bro. Grow up. 
I loved it. It was fantastic. It was a it was a great video, and it did. It definitely gave off the same, same vibe. Because dude sitting there, he's like, because uh, it was after the uh, Kelsey touchdown mm-hmm. for that game that she was at, and he hits the. Uh, uh, um, what was it? Uh, crank that. Oh yeah. And then she's like, no, he hit Soldier Boy. And he's like, no, Soldier Boy, you hit on the one foot and you hop and you lean to the side. He didn't do that. He just did the crank that. No, this is crank that. That wasn't Soldier Boy. This is Soldier Boy. That was crank that. And then she says the thing about putting him on the map. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just think that's it's absolutely crazy, the phenomenon that's going on. But, again, I, I, I don't really have a dog in the race like for Swifties or for Kelsey fans or like no, I mean well, it is what it is. It's whatever. Like, I, my wife now is like I mean, she used I, to I, think he was a complete tool. Now I she's disagree like, eh, with he's the okay. fact that they showed her so much because like especially she goes to future games. Game. Yeah, I mean it's we're, we're, we're watching a football game. I also disagree that they shouldn't have shown Aaron Rodgers limping on crutches as much as they freaking did. Like no. dude, he ain't even playing. Why is the camera on him so much? Right. I don't care about Aaron Rodgers. He ain't and then playing. the then the announcers and stuff like that. It's like the game's Aaron going Rogers, on and they're not even Aaron, talking Aaron, about it. Aaron the only Rogers, thing that they're talking Aaron about Rogers. is Rodgers and Swift. Yeah, I'm like, no, I don't care what the energy is, what the side of it is. Like, it's like it's just such a crazy big deal and that everyone's making. And again, it's all because of social media. Oh yeah, that it's absolutely. being made into this big daggum deal. Uh, I'm looking up the just because for whatever reason I can't remember. It's Chris something. I can't remember the uh, for the Sunday Night Football announcers Chris oh, Collinsworth yeah. and Mike Tirico. Um, that that Collinsworth is a huge Aaron Rodgers fan, regardless. Uh, same thing with Tom Brady; like he is just the biggest Brady and mm-hmm. Rodgers fans that it like could Madden be with, with it, Brett Favre. Yeah, like it could be. <laughs> We could have been watching, and I know, guys, listeners, we've strayed completely away from college football yeah, we'll in this aspect. We'll we are going to get back to it. But a situation to where you could be watching the, the what was it, the Chicago-Denver game, and Hollinsworth would have been talking about Aaron Rodgers or, or Tom Brady. And it's like, dude hasn't played a game all season. The other one has been retired. For a year. For a year now. Why Why are you talking about these guys and not even talking about anything that's going on in this game right now? I mean, albeit it was the two worst teams in the league this year playing against each other. But still, there was some cool stuff that happened in that game. And yeah. you're sitting here talking about Aaron Rodgers. It would be like if you're sitting there talking, talking football and all of a sudden one of the commentators said, Did you know if you grill a banana, it caramelizes? What? Right. What? <laughs> yes, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you. That has nothing to do with the back, game. That's back to football. Back to football. Um, like, I've, I've never understood that. Like, uh, like in college, in the world that we mainly discuss, is the term homer. Oh, yeah. You know, like... Uh, uh, you are a Tennessee homer. I am a times, South Carolina homer. There are times where... Uh, Pate... Even Pate, you can tell who his homers are. As far as the the people that interact with him and stuff like well, that. Well, like the teams he likes. 
Like you can tell He has sometimes. a few, but he tries his best um, to not because he says, I'm from Georgia all the time, but he never really Yeah. And I'll be the first Georgia. One one of the really good um, football characters that we watch is uh, Matt Mitchell. And yeah. I'll be the first to say, like, I, I couldn't tell you who his... Comedic football fan. Yeah, I couldn't tell you who his home is. Just like, because of the... I had to ask the, you, like, where's the, he even from? The SEC roll call yeah, videos. Because, yeah, because he does he so much good. so equal. Yeah. And, and, and when somebody does bad, he makes fun of them. When, you know, he's so equal. The last video, uh, because the week six should come out today. Yes. But week five... You, if you paid attention, and it didn't take a, a an exact eagle eye to figure it out, um, but the shirts that he had made mm-hmm. that he's wearing in there with the Alabama hat and the shirt that he's wearing lets you know that he's an Alabama fan. Yeah. And his Twitter handle, Instagram, whatever is A L Ostrich. Yeah. So Alabama, I mean, yeah. that's where he's from. That's where he's born and raised. They they come up here quite often mm-hmm. um, to this area. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a he's a Bama fan. He's roll tied. Yeah, he's uh, and he's also tied. been uh, he's worked with SEC Shorts, mm-hmm. and they also have worked together with uh, Jermaine Johnson, mm. uh, doing some of his yeah. how Bama fans watch. Yeah, how Bama fans watch. Yep. Yeah. So he's they've all team. they've all kind of worked together with some of those uh, videos, but those are fantastic videos, and yeah, it's 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 definitely more difficult to figure out who he's for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jermaine's easy. <laughs> Oh, Jermaine's easy. The uh, other, the the non, uh, the bonus game we talked about last week. Yeah, I was just pulling that Red up. Was River the River Battle, the Red River Rivalry, rivalry. the Cotton Bowl in yes. Texas? Oklahoma will enter the SEC next year with one up on Texas. On Texas, yep. <laughs> what did we start off with? Texas is not back, and Texas Louisville is, is the back. new TCU. Uh, I'm sure that, and speaking of Pate, he was at this game for the Any Given Saturday. Really? Yes. Uh, the last three games that I think he's been to, mm-hmm. or that they've been to, have been decided within the last minutes of the game. Um, this week, I think they are going to Washington mm-hmm. to be able to uh, check out that game. Washington's a top 15 team now. Oregon, the Ducks, traveling a little Big bit game. north. Pac-12 showdown. Both teams currently sitting 5-0 and overall, 2-0 and in conference. Somebody's got to lose. But we'll definitely get more into that on the this preview. This Friday's episode. Uh, but going back, uh, like you said, uh, the one that we focused on uh, was the Red River rivalry. Mm-hmm. Texas definitely favored in that game. That is not the outcome. 34-30, Oklahoma takes it over Texas. Baker was there, and he was the Baker celebrity was there. He picker, was the celebrity picker on game he, day. He picked it. Maybe it was some of the uh, uh, Mayfield magic. Mayfield magic. We've got Minshew magic. We've well, got he Mayfield magic. He doesn't have it magic. in the pros, so. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Him and Tampa Bay has been doing fairly yeah, well this year. Pretty fairly well. I mean, he's he's definitely jumped around. He's just not we, a... We went from Baker Mayfield in the in the Cleveland Brown commercials... I enjoyed those for the stadium and stuff like that, and those are fantastic because they were like, "We have got our dude." Yeah, and then they're like, "You know what?" Never mind. And then he went to where did he play after that for a little while? Yes, played in Carolina, Carolina, and then now down in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. That's a that's a. Used to feel. I was going to say that's a a, a jersey collection to have (laughs) Mayfield Mayfield jerseys, (laughs) like Thanos and the rings. Yeah. Uh, Who was it? 
journeyman quarterback, McCown, mm, mm-hmm. that played for like eight or nine different, eight or nine teams. different teams. Yeah, you see his jersey collection. Yeah. Josh McCown. Josh McCown. Yep. But it was definitely an interesting week six. It was. Uh, some some definite unforeseen things happening, especially that Georgia Tech-Miami. No one would have saw that one coming. Mm-hmm. Arizona barely losing to USC, though, was huge. That one was another one. That was that late game. Didn't Three get until overtimes. like a 9.30 kickoff, and they made it to the third overtime. And, you know, in college now, once you get past overtime number two, it's nothing but two-point tries mm-hmm. after that. And And Caleb Williams himself was able to – that's crazy, though. Do a little trickeration that that, in their in their formation for that one. To talk about is the fact that USC had to barely beat Arizona. Arizona times. Okay, look at this. This is Arizona's scoring uh, first quarter, second quarter, uh, first through fourth, and then uh, OT. Ten, seven, three, eight, and thirteen. That's right. USC zero. 14, 7, 7, and 15. Definitely. Not. It's just enough. And, and, and just and this whole this is why we love top 25. college football more so any than given the Saturday. pros. Is, yes, any given it's Saturday, anything can happen. Yeah, I mean, things like North Carolina beating Syracuse 40-7, to 7, and they're playing Florida State next, so that's going to be. Yeah. So, yeah. I would have to say a team that we – should not count out either for the ACC uh, is Wake Forest. They do have the one loss right now, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, there's there's definitely a possibility for them to be able to come in, especially since there's still six weeks left in the in the year. Yeah, actually more. I mean seven, yeah. seven games for for most teams still left, uh, or for a lot of teams still left that had earlier bye weeks like mm-hmm. us. Um, couple of teams that are doing a seven eight game stretch before they have a bye week they're not taking their bye weeks off until later in the year um and something that we're going to touch on during the off season of course is going to be scheduling because uh some of the new scheduling is coming out for other conferences Mm -hmm. big tens new schedule came out um ACC with the new people coming into the conference, with the new uh, programs coming into the conference, they're going to have a, a big shakeup and a rescheduling. Mm-hmm. The fact that now, since there's uh, going into this next year, there's not going to be an East and West for the SEC anymore, and we'll definitely get into that because I know I've mentioned it a couple of times. And the fact that South Carolina's schedule, I think, got even harder mm-hmm. uh, moving forward into next year, just because we've got right now two top well. Remove Georgia, remove Tennessee, and Florida, but we mm-hmm. still have uh, – we took away three East opponents and replaced them with three West opponents. I don't get that. Just because, I mean, it's it's a non-division anymore or non-side. Yeah. But, yeah, we're basically – because I figured that OU would come in and be a, a West team in this capacity. Mm-hmm. And, and just had this thought – literally just popped into my mind is if we do wind up going back to a type of division if you were to draw a line down mm-hmm. that would pull Auburn and Alabama over into the east yeah it would like if you were splitting it in that capacity that would pull and potentially put Kentucky over in the west 
Yeah. So, I mean, if we were to look at it in that capacity, then, yeah, we'd be playing an Eastern team, but for so many years it's like, oh, well, we took away three West opponents and added – or took away three East opponents and added three West opponents. And the SEC West history, they have been – a bit more dominant than should the, you do- the or east. should if we were to split it should we split it more north and south to make it fair I don't think that would make it fair because if that's the case you're going if you did it on a horizontal line then you're going to have oh no then you'd have Florida Bama Texas Oklahoma well Oklahoma would be in a northern division cuz yeah. it's above Texas it would be in a northern division so well, you'd have Texas Texas A&M Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Florida. Yeah. Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Like all these. And then you'd have, as far as the north, uh, South Carolina, Kentucky, Mizzou, Oklahoma. Tennessee, Vandy. Tennessee, Vandy, yeah. Yeah. Probably it's better to do it east-west. Because then that would be the southern division. (laughs) The the southern-north division versus the southern-south division (laughs) of the SEC. Be a SEC North, SEC. We're in the Southeastern Conference. What division? North. North. <laughs> Southeastern North. That would be make, None of it make for fun, you know, uh, commentary and stuff like that. Well, guys, we are running out of time for this week's or for this portion of the Cocky Top podcast. Um, of course, on the next one, we are going to be previewing week seven games, which do see the Volunteers and Gamecocks return to action. Gamecocks welcoming, hopefully with not a lot of <laughs> of kindness, uh, the Florida Gators to williams Bryce Stadium in Columbia. This will be an afternoon kickoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second earlier game of the season for South Carolina. Everything else, with the exception of the Georgia game, has been a night game. Um, and, of course, it's going to be fair week in Columbia, so people mm. are going to be enjoying the game and then being able to go out to the fairgrounds and hopefully enjoy a victory over the Gators. You guys are welcoming A&M mm-hmm. into Neyland, and after the the... I don't want to say complete thumping that they just received at the hands of of Alabama. Uh, I know that you're anticipating, of course, a victory, and I know you're going to be glad the fact that you can actually get back into Neyland from not being sick and being able to actually attend a game. Uh, It'll be uh, exciting. We are checkering Neyland. It is. It's the checker Neyland for this game. Checker Neyland game. Is this the first checker against uh, A&M? It is. Typically okay. used to do it against Florida. I was going to say because the A&M is, what, six years, seven years deep? Mm-hmm. This will be our first time checkering against uh, A&M. Uh, in the past, we've checkered against Florida uh, whenever they've come, uh, Bama whenever they've come, or Georgia whenever they've come. This will be our first time right. playing against A&M. Okay. Well, I mean. We are have only won one game checkered. You have only won one game checkered? Mm-hmm. To the point where most fans are like, "Why are we still doing it?" Right. I mean, you know, and that would be my thought. Kicking in. <laughs> well, the, this, it's well. I mean, I mentioned it. The the times that y'all have done major changes as far as uniforms, and the first time that y'all wore orange helmets mm-hmm. last year against South Carolina, and you lost. Mm-hmm. So those types of things. That's those why I was kind of like with the with the the 
Well, I mean, at least y'all have something to base it off of. Ours is just the chicken curse. We, uh, we, I remember one of the first times we checkered kneeling, Florida was coming to kneeling. We checkered kneeling, and we had Little John do a live version of Third, third Down, down for, for What. what? Yeah. And it was such a big deal because he was a Florida guy. He was known to be a Gator fan. Uh, and we got him to get on the Jumbotron and go, Neyland Stadium, third down. For, and, you know, and then they kick into it and uh, still lost that game. <laughs> that, <laughs> so, that doesn't make me feel so all that most good about. Of us, uh, most of the fans are kind of like, why are we still doing this? We've only won one checkered game. Well, we I did mention earlier in the year we do have Darud yeah. coming in for the Kentucky game late in the season. That is true. Yeah. Uh, to be able to do live performances of a couple of different things, uh, including, of course, Sandstorm, and he is going to be the leader, uh, the person coming out of the cockaboose to lead the Gamecocks chant before the, before the game gets started. Um, but, yeah, uh, like I said, at least you guys have, have something tangible Mm. To, to attribute some of the, the superstitions to, whereas we just have the chicken curse. Um, I am going to look into it some more to try to figure out exactly the origins of this, mm. other than the fact that that's just what somebody said at some point in time after uh, uh, an egregious loss or something like that. Uh, but I will say that South Carolina does have a tendency to, after they do get a big victory, especially over uh, a highly ranked team or a highly touted team, a victory over someone that we should not have beaten, we usually crap the bed the next week. Um, One of the earliest instances I can remember um, in recent memory would have been going back to 2010 Mm -hmm. whenever Alabama came to Williams-Brice and Steven Garcia, Alshon Jeffrey, Marcus Lattimore – took it to the Alabama team that had Mark Ingram as the running back and and um, AJ uh, not AJ but um, uh, he was on the Titans last year receiver I cannot McCarron wasn't their quarterback that year I think McCarron was the quarterback but anyway South Carolina gets a massive victory mm-hmm we're riding high mm-hmm. and we lost to winless Mizzou the next week. In twenty nineteen you beat Georgia. And yeah, in twenty nineteen we wound up beating Georgia and then uh crap the bed to to uh uh see that's the type of stuff that we try to put out of memory. We have those great wins <laughs> and then we come back and we lay the egg the next week. Which is like it would have been awesome if we could have gotten the win against Tennessee because we'd been going up against the bye week in that week and it would have played out <laughs> perfectly. Just been terrible. But, but of course, hopefully, I mean, I well, mean, hopefully. I want to say hopefully Beamer wound up breaking that streak because he has been known to break some streaks mm-hmm. in his short tenure thus far. Oh, yeah. um, I hope you. Break. In the fact that that we <laughs> hope we break the crap out of Florida. Hope you break the Florida streak. <laughs> um, break Florida. Uh, well, I mean. Not last year because last year was in Florida, mm-hmm. but the year before was the Jason Brown game where we were on QB number three mm-hmm. for the season, and he was able to come in and lead South Carolina to a massive victory over the Florida Gators, but it was home field on that one. Um, but he broke the streak against Clemson. Mm-hmm. 
wasn't really for whatever reason as what it was during the Tennessee game. I'm not gonna put any more speculations in as far as that. But the fact that that was the most points ever given up by a uh, a top ranked opponent or Mm -hmm. top five ranked opponent or whatever that was the biggest spread in points mm-hmm. in South Carolina Tennessee history and there was something else during that game that happened and then when the Clemson game and that was two that was a massive win i mean that's the first time South Carolina had stormed the field since 2010 whenever we beat Alabama but, but, but was and then we were able lost to Vandy. this last year last year no no the following game after Tennessee was Clemson and we were able to go to Clemson. And we got the dub against Vandy this last year. We're on a 13 or 14 game streak against Vandy. Huh. Kentucky and Mizzou are the ones that we've been trading blows back and forth with. Uh, Georgia typically rides four to five game stretch, and it usually winds up getting kicked to the curb at that point. Um, between South Carolina and Clemson, the longest is seven in a row. Um and they almost broke it this year, or would have broken it last year and made it eight, but we were able to get the victory and sealed that one. But that was like the first home loss in 60-something games that they had experienced uh, um, there uh, in Death Valley, the fake Death Valley. Um, and there were a couple other things that we wound up breaking during that one too. So it, it, hopefully he's gotten... Uh, a cure. I don't know if he's doing voodoo or what it is that Beamer's doing to to break some of these streaks, to break some of these curses. But I hope he's the man that, if nothing else, if he doesn't win uh, an SEC championship or or whatever, praise all be if yeah. he you know even makes it to a national championship. That that just the the chicken curse is broken with mm-hmm. him and and no one else that comes in as a coach in the future after that has to deal with that that horrid horrid thing mm-hmm. that that is so well guys that is going to do it for this first of the two episodes this week of the cocky top podcast of course on the next one we are going to be previewing week seven for the sec and we are going to be picking a game outside of the sec to focus on for this week um have to see which one that one's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, of course, like I said, we will be doing preview on Friday. Yes, Friday for this week. The 13th. Friday the 13th. It is going to be a fun one. Uh, like we said, we got Texas A&M coming into Neyland Stadium to be able to take on the Volunteers, and the Florida Gators are traveling to Williams-Brice to take on the Gamecocks. Some other notable games, of course, number one, Georgia traveling to Vanderbilt. That is set for a noon kickoff. We'll definitely get into that one. Uh, not really too much um, ranked on ranked, with the exception of the Oregon-Washington game. Um, and I think there's one or two others. Uh, yes, uh, USC will be taking on Notre Dame. That one, the two of them, they have been going through the ringer as of late. So I think that's going to be almost a cripple fight. Uh, just because both of them are banged up, bruised, mm-hmm. and, and need some time to recover. But Miami's already had their bye week for the year, mm-hmm. so they're not going to – or uh, um, 
completely different one. I was going to mention that one real quick here in just a second. Uh, but USC Notre Dame, um, I, not really sure what to think about that one. Um, top twenty-five matchup: Miami versus North Carolina for uh, ACC dominance mm-hmm. in this aspect. Uh, number twenty-five Miami traveling to North Carolina, so I definitely think that that North Carolina is going to have the leg up on that one. Um, and then. Number 18, UCLA, uh, traveling to Oregon to take on number 15, Oregon State. Uh, as far as the top matchups for next week in the top 25. But like I said, guys, on behalf of all of all Tyler McDaniel, I am forever to the Gamecock, Brian Lowe. And we will see you on the next episode.